This time on Slaughterhouse Princess, Beer Street Part 2, 1978. There might be a tagline, but I'm not looking. Let's give it to the boy. Let's give the boy a hand. Welcome to Slaughterhouse Princess. I'm Chris. And I'm Ren. I mean, Troy. And uh, there's no Hotlanta. No. Or is there? The I real Hotlanta was the friends we made along the way. <laughs> that or he has stuck his hands in a bunch of red moss and is now communing with a witch. Yeah. Hotlanta I mean, is moving. And by moving, I mean transporting his shell to a different shell. Yes, he is he is changing sleeves as he would in altered carbon. <laughs> but we watched the second Fear Street film. We we did. It is set in nineteen seventy eight, oddly enough, given the name Fear Street nineteen seventy eight. It's true. And it's suggested to us again by Mr. Green. Because he suggested we do all three of these movies in a row for December because we're going to miss a December recording at some point. Yes. The last week, I would assume. I would assume, yes, given that your birthday and Christmas happened right around that time. True. Yes. And we must all celebrate Chris's birthday. Yeah. You've been doing it this whole time. You just didn't know. Yep, every uh, that's what it, uh, that's the rule is the every night on Chris's birthday you hang your stockings over the fireplace so that he can stick coal in them. Coal if you're lucky. <laughs> so how does this movie begin, Chris? In 1994, obviously. Well, yeah, I mean, where else did you start a movie called Fear Street 1978 than in 1970 or 1994? Yeah. Man, I fucked that up. And we meet up. Stupid, stupid. We meet up with uh, D and her brother and uh, Sam. Her, her possessed girlfriend. And they head over to uh, the lady's house. See yeah. Bergman. Yeah. And they're there to get get the scoop, get some answers. Yep. And they find out that Brit is the worst. Yes. And uh, at first, she's not happy about it. She's got this thing with alarm clocks. Never explained. No, it's not. I think it's the most fascinating thing. Like, I'm assuming it's like some kind of OCD, PTSD kind of thing. I mean, that's the only thing I can think of. It's just like, like that's how she copes with the trauma of having survived the Camp Nightwing murders. Is I'm sorry, murder leardlers, uh, is by completely regimenting everything in her life by these clocks. Yeah. And by regimenting her life with these clocks, we mean at this time she locks all the doors and when checks all the locks and doors in the window and windows in her house. And at this time she eats dinner, which is composed of TV dinner, Mac and cheese and like three fingers of Jim beam. And sick. I'm into that. Yep. And at this time she feeds her dog, major Tom. Yeah, and 
And she's got a lot of alarm clocks, like a lot. A lot, a lot. And they're all set at the same time, which like boggles my mind because I can't fucking keep the Echo, the TV, or the Echo, the stove, and the microwave all on the same time in my kitchen. Yeah, like kudos to her and the team of people she must have hired to synchronize fucking 63 goddamn alarm clocks. <laughs> I mean, that's the real mystery in this movie is how she did all that. that got to be the witch, honestly, because I don't see aside from fucking witchcraft how you could even accomplish that. Time magic. What did you do? I set all my clocks to the same time. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what dark lord you had to sacrifice your firstborn to to accomplish that shit. <laughs> oh man, like the clock in my car just is just gets slowly further and further ahead of the one on my phone. Like every like month it gains like a minute. I don't know what the fuck is up with that, but it does. Weird. Because <laughs> I'd be like, oh shit, I'm late. And then I look at my phone. I'm like, the clock in my car is five minutes ahead of my phone. I'm like, oh, I better reset it. And then like a year and a half later, I'm like, oh shit, I'm late. And then I look at my phone. It's like 10 minutes ahead of my phone. I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> You're the world's slowest time machine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, it is a big blue box. So it does kind of, uh, it does kind of make sense. And, uh, Seriously, my car is blue and boxy. That's true. I'll verify. Yeah. So uh, the team is there to get information about how to fix this whole witch conundrum. Right. Because if you remember at the end of the last movie, C. Bergman called them and it's like, oh, you think you got it away, but you know what? It never ends. It never fucking ends. And they're like, well, what did you mean by that? Yeah. And... <laughs> So they make her tell them a story. Yeah. Because the only way you can reconcile the present is with a flashback. Yeah, I mean, everything in the present, Chris, is due to something that happened in the past. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah. So we have to know the past before we can know the present, let alone the future. So we head back to 1978. Camp Nightwing. Yeah. And uh, we see the the young C. Bergman. Z- well, we see Ziggy. Yeah, because you're you're fucking up the whole reveal, Chris. Because that was supposed to be a reveal. Well, right, because Ziggy's sister is Cindy Bergman, C. Bergman. So you're supposed to assume you're supposed to assume spoilers. Not that we ever don't have spoilers. Uh, that Cindy Bergman is C. Bergman, not Ziggy, who is like Christine Bergman. But you don't find out her real name till the end of the fucking movie. Oh, wow. Because I 100% assumed that was her immediately. <laughs> that was really supposed to be a reveal, huh? Yeah, and it, it caught me. Like, I, well, the first time I watched it, I was like, oh, Ziggy, okay. And then Cindy, oh, well, Cindy's C. Bergman because Cindy starts with the C. C is for Cindy. It's good enough for me. Um, like, no, it's supposed to be a, a reveal, Chris, that she is actually C. Bergman. Oh, well, I guess I watched this movie wrong. Yeah, well, but there's the huge hint is that her dog's name is fucking Major Tom, and her nickname is Ziggy. When she has red hair? But see, Bergman, okay, so Britta in uh, 1994, her hair isn't that red. 
Red enough. It's kind of like it's kind of a dark, dark red. Like it, it could either be someone with red hair who dyed it darker, or someone with dark hair who dyed it redder. I I don't know. I guess I just assumed the first character they showed me with prominence was going to be the character having the flashback. <laughs> I mean, fair enough. Like I don't think it fucks with the movie too much, but it is supposed to be like a twist. Is uh, that C. Bergman and Ziggy, not Cindy Bergman? cool it's not every day i spoil a movie for myself inadvertently yeah look at you being an idiot savant i guess so (laughs) i'm so (laughs) smart i don't even know it i'm too smart for myself sometimes (laughs) yes that is that is totally a thing that's true so uh anyway she is getting uh assaulted literally well she she's chased through the woods and fucking clotheslined by a camp counselor. No, no, not camp counselor. The fucking future mayor of Sunnyvale. Yeah. Because she's one of them shady sides. Yeah. And a, a parent, supposedly she stole $10 from some bitchy girl from Sunnyvale. So they fucking hang her by her wrists from a tree. Yeah. To show her what's up. Yeah, which, I mean, inflation I know exists, but like Jesus Christ. Yeah, like to uh, to quote uh, Ron, or sorry, to quote uh, Ron Burgundy, that escalated quickly. Yeah. So they got her uh, strung up over the ten dollars, and they're gonna set her on fire with a Zippo, starting with her arm, because they're terrible at emulating people, I guess. Well, I mean, probably that's a good thing. Yeah, I mean, you're going to burn a person, like... Yeah, I mean, basically, I think they just want to... They're just fucking sadistic assholes and want to burn parts of her, not actually literally burn her to death. Yeah, well, I don't know. They did have her, like, strung up from a tree, so... Yeah. And there were... Because, you know, the reason that Sarah Fear can still like have an impact on shady side is because they didn't do, they hung her instead of what you're supposed to do to a witch, which is burn them. Obviously. And they keep accusing Ziggy of being possessed by the witch, even though I don't think they really believe that. I think they are just trying to like piss Ziggy off even more. Yeah. They're just trying to find a cool reason to be a bunch of dicks. Yeah. You know, instead of the normal reason, which is you're a fucking dick. Yeah. And uh, future sheriff and other counselors show up. Yeah. You have uh, Nick Good is the future sheriff. And then is it um, uh, Tommy Slater? No, it's, a, it's the fucking the Stifler guy, whatever his name was. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Stifler's fine. Yeah. He had, yeah. He had real Stifler energy. It's strong Stifler energy. Because, you know, everybody needs a stifler in their life when, you know, people are fucking with them. You just unleash this, unleash the stifler. That's true. He'll go, he'll go shit in their cooler for you. Somebody's got to do it. Yep. And, uh, they free her from the tree. And, uh. But then also throw her out of the camp for her fifth strike. Yeah. Because so Ziggy apparently has been up to some shit this week. Yeah, there's some uh, like graffiti and some the other assorted. The bathroom, 
let loose all the rabbits in the nature room, the nature cabin. Um, what was the other thing they accused her of? I don't fucking remember now. Yeah, something weak. Yeah, I mean, it's all weak sauce. You normal chicanery you get up to at summer camp, I guess. Yeah. I don't know if I ever went to summer camp, but... I went to scout camp, which was quite a bit different, I think, like Boy Scout camp, than uh, these fucking, like, month-long, like, weird, uh, like, summer camps that people go to. Yeah, I guess I did go to summer camp once with for, for underprivileged kids. Yeah. Yeah. But now you have all this privilege, Chris. Congratulations. Yeah, it was it was fun. And by fun, I mean it wasn't fun at all. It was also a church camp. Ooh. Yeah, and spoilers. 14-year-old Chris in church camp didn't get along as good as you might think. Yeah, but like aren't like all the church girls like the the ones who were like the most promiscuous kit Chris? That's what they always say in the movies. Uh, don't know. I was too busy getting fist fights with people almost the entire <laughs> time I was there, so Oh, Chris, you had like strong bad boy energy at a church camp and you didn't like capitalize on that at all? Uh, no, no. I was really just, just, you know, fighting people. Yeah, no, see, if I had gone to summer camp, I would have been that dude in the, we'll get to him, but the dude in the jail for a shady side. Oh, that, that would have been me at summer camp as a, as a fucking like 11 or 12 year old. Yeah, all right. I can, I guess I can see it. I mean, I would be a lot fucking skinnier because I was I was a rail back then. But like, no, I was that I was that dude. Can I get you a fresca? <laughs> uh, yeah. But anyway, so uh, they disperse, and we uh, we meet up with a couple of the counselors who are cleaning the latrine. Yeah, because there's fucking like red moss growing in the latrine and oh my god it stains Cindy Bergman's shirt oh no oh my god oh my god her polo shirt is ruined ruined and her and her boyfriend Tommy Tommy Slater who if you oh no they don't mention his name in 1994 do they no, they, they just, just keep call calling him the Nightwing Killer or whatever. Yeah, because spoilers, Tommy Slater is going to be the Nightwing Killer, Camp Nightwing Killer. Yeah, and why they don't fucking call him the Bagheaded Killer, I don't know. Yeah, that's fair. Because we saw in the last movie, he had a fucking axe and a burlap sack over his head. Like he had strong, like Friday, Friday the Thirteenth Part Two energy. Yeah, that's definitely what they were going for. Yeah, and I like that they didn't go for the, like part three. So, yeah, Sackhead is was the best in my book. I just I don't know the sack is creepy. Yeah, I mean it's like it's like it, yeah, it is because like it fucking removes all of your features. Like it's even more featureless than a uh, William Shatner mask. That's true. And uh. The the one, Cindy. Yeah. She goes to look for some of the other counselors so they can help clean said latrine. 
Right. Because they're supposed to be helping. Yeah, but they're too busy having sexual intercourse and listening to Cherry Bomb while doing drugs. By the runaways. So they're fun. I mean, for real. Yeah, they're the best best characters in the movie, of course. I would be hanging out with them. Sex, drugs, and rock and roll, like all three sins. Yeah. What else do you need? I don't know. Tylenol? And, uh, (laughs) that's a good pull. (laughs) <laughs> we haven't even gotten there yet. It's a pre-pull. A pre-pull. It was a premature <laughs> ejaculation. You pulled too soon. How <laughs> embarrassing. I know. I'm terrible today. And uh, it it's clear that uh, the girl... Uh, Cindy Bergman? No, the other one. Uh, Ziggy? No, short hair. Okay. Uh, the counselor. Yeah, sure. The counselor girl. Yeah, Joan Jett. Yeah. Blonde Joan Jett. She she clearly knows Cindy. Keeps calling her like snitch. Yeah. There's a history there, but we'll have to wait and find out. Yep. You have to wait till they're trapped somewhere together to hash it out because that's how movies work. Yeah. And, uh, you know, Cindy is like the goody two-shoes. Yeah. You know, and she's got the... She's gonna go to to a nice school, meet a nice guy, get married, have kids, summer in the Hamptons, blah-de-blah-de-blah. Yeah. And uh, this seems to bother Joe Jett for reasons. Right. Uh, So, she's... She's Sammy from the first movie, basically. Yeah. Yeah, and Joan Jett's kind of Dina. Yeah, sort of, without the lesbian undertones, or overtones, right. depending on how you want to Oh, there are overtones in that. Like, I mean, like, she got semi-naked with her girlfriend in the first one. Yeah, I always like it when the high school kids get naked in a movie. That's one of my favorite things he says uncomfortably. She wasn't naked. I said she, they had their bras on. You didn't see anything. That's true. There was there was implied sex. The only nudity you see in any of these movies is a man's buttocks. No, you see breasts in this movie, Chris. Kind of. Through a window. <laughs> and they duct tape a shirt to her for the rest of the scene, but we'll get there. Yeah. <laughs> so uh they all leave the cabin. Uh we learned that Ziggy and Cindy are siblings. It might be yep. here. It might be in a minute. Don't recall. Unimportant. Yeah, yeah. They're siblings, and that if Ziggy has to go home, that means Cindy has to go home because mom can't afford to take off time from work to watch Ziggy. So she would have to leave camp too to take care of Ziggy because apparently Ziggy's incapable of taking care of herself. Even though I don't know, my parents left me alone home, or left me and my brother alone, home alone every day in the summer when I was in fifth grade. Well, and, and yeah, well above fifth grade. And Ziggy's like, yeah, what? She's like sixteen ish. Like, I mean, she seems like old enough to be left in the goddamn house for an afternoon. Well, I mean, if she's graffitiing bathrooms and releasing animals and stealing money, maybe you don't want to leave her unsupervised. 
I mean, she is graffitiing at a high school level already, though. I mean, uh, that is true. I mean, almost at a college level. Yeah. I mean, she took the Iowa test to basic skills and came in like at 13th grade. Yeah. <laughs> 13th grade. No, that, that's actually a thing. Is it? I yeah, believe you because you lived in Iowa, so. And I and I did that on a number of I, Iowa test of basic skills or Iowa test of educational development, one of the two. Um, I'm smart. Yeah. <laughs> and so what do I do? I drink and talk about horror movies. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, just because you have potential doesn't mean you're going to live up to it. Exactly. <laughs> so, uh. Ziggy heads up to the nurse's office to get her wound looked at. All right. And did you did you notice who the nurse was in the first movie? No. The nurse is the one they leave the two girls from from babysitting. Oh, I didn't notice that. They call her Mrs. Lane in that movie. And it's like it's a fucking throwaway line. But no, the the nurse Nurse Lane in this movie is the Mrs. Lane they leave the two kids they are babysitting with and babysitting in the first movie. Weird. And the other thing we learn about Miss Lane is what? Um, she is the mother of Ruby. Correct. the The hot weird chick who bleeds black blood from her eyes while singing an old timey song and cutting people up with like an old timey razor. Yeah. And uh, who is hot? She she is described as quote hot and weird. Yes, in the first movie. And uh, she she's got a bit of a fixation. The nurse. Yes, she has a she has a grail di- grail diary. Yeah, because she doesn't believe that her daughter just did the the murders. Murdered Leardlers. She definitely believes that it's the witch. Correct. And so she researched things like the witch's mark. Yeah. And then she's got an all in a diary that uh, Ziggy sees while she's getting treated for her wounds. Yeah. Which basically her treatment was here. Put this fucking Vaseline on your wound once a day for three days and keep it wrapped. Yeah. Which fair enough, I guess. But yeah, it's it's just a little burn, like yeah, it'll be fine. I, mean, I know people who did worse hitting their ankles on the exhausts of their scooters when I was in high school. Yeah. Uh, so she or leaves. Mopeds, I'm sorry, not scooters, mopeds. Yeah, that's possibly cooler. I mean, what did you call the like the little like mini motorcycle things in high school, Chris? Uh, I, nobody had one. Really? Yeah. I went to a I went to a high school of like a hundred and twenty people, Chris, and I can think of at least three people who had mopeds. Yeah. You, you no no. <laughs> wow. So, listeners, dear listeners. Let us let me know uh, what you called the little like what what would you have called a Vespa in high school? Was it a scooter? Is it a moped? Is it something else? A Vespa is definitely a scooter, right? A but moped like, is a tiny motorcycle that you have to pedal in order to activate the internal combustion engine. No, see our mope. Mm, 
No. Like, no, that's none. what it is. I I know, but we didn't call. We didn't have what no one had one of those when I was in high school. It was basically a fucking like I don't know, like a practically a bicycle with a fucking lawnmower engine on it. Like I don't know, like it was a fucking moped, but it was really a scooter. But we all called them mopeds. But I can't even fathom what you're speaking on right now. <laughs> so you describe a moped, but yet it was a scooter? I don't understand, Troy. You're killing me. No, no, we called it a moped. There was no there was no fucking bike pedals on it. It was just like a little like mini motorcycle. So it was a small motorcycle. Yeah, but it was like legally not a motorcycle. Because you know, a fucking 14-year-old can't drive a motorcycle in Iowa. But you could drive a moped. Hey, your school was wild, man. Well, I mean, I don't know. I grew up in the middle of fucking nowhere. Like, man, when I hit 16 and could drive, it was great. I could drive to school every day. It was wonderful. Anyway. I my brother to school every day. Mm-hmm. That was wonderful. Well. Wonderful. Sorry for sorry for dredging whatever's going on right now back up. No, the best though is my brother turned sixteen too, and he would just drive himself to fucking school, and I could drive myself to school, and and we didn't have to see each other for you know ten minutes a day. Nice, because I didn't live that far from the, I just like a ten minute drive to school. Well, yeah, yep. all gravel roads. So, uh. After the nurse meeting, the nurse kind of freaks out on her. She's, like, wrapping up her wound and yelling about the witch. Well, because, like, Ziggy's like, oh, thanks for having Oh, by the way, like, what do you know about the witch's mark? What do you know of witches? Yeah, the nurse is like, what? What? Uh, Well, let me fucking tell you. Thank you for prodding my trauma. Allow me to respond. Yeah. Uh, This guy Q gave me this diary. So, uh, nurse lady kind of freaks out. Ziggy meets up with their sister after she leaves, and she's like, man, the nurse is pretty, uh, pretty fucked up. And this is when her sister's all like, if you get kicked out, I get kicked out, blah, blah, dad left us, mom's drunk, et cetera, yeah. so forth. And then also, and they kind of, and they kind of blackmail, uh, fucking Stifler by saying, you know, if my sister gets kicked out, if she tells people that she got kicked out and it's like that someone that can't fucking tried to light her on fire. How do you think that's going to play? And yeah. She, well, five, don't fuck up again. That's a fair point. They did try to light you on fire over $10. I, I didn't punish them in any way, but I guess you have a point. Yeah. Like theft versus fucking like, assault or battery whichever it is I can never fucking remember which is the physical harm and which is the emotional harm but you know they're the same thing right yeah yeah I mean like tough is way worse even yeah I definitely am a lawyer and recommend you get all legal advice from this podcast (laughs) yeah stealing versus being tied up and burnt you know who should get the bigger punishment? Obviously, the person who stole the money. <laughs> Who's yeah? Obviously, which one's poor? Yeah, that's really what it is. Yeah, that one. That's the one who did the wrong thing. The poor one. Yeah, yeah. 
Well, she is a ginger and therefore has no soul, so. You can do whatever you want then. It's fine. Yeah, I mean. That's, uh, that's, le- that, that's, that's legal. That's what left the, emp- the emptiness for the, the, the witch to possess was the fact that she was a ginger and had no soul. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, where are we? We're like eight minutes into this movie somehow. Somehow. Uh, it's a very dense movie, Chris. That's why. No, that's not really not. Um, so then we find out that it is color wars that evening. Um, the shady siders have to wear blue. The sunny veilers wear red. Uh, because God forbid you try to mix the groups at all, you know, to foster, I don't know, understanding and compassion. We can't have that. We must always have competition between Shadyside and Sunnyvale. Yeah. Um, we find out that one of the Shadyside camp counselors is horny for Stifler. Um, we find out that Cindy and Tommy are dating. Um, and they're always cleaning. Her, her and fucking Tommy are always cleaning. ABC, always be cleaning. Yeah. Clean the fucking mess hall. Cindy gets so frustrated that, oh my God, she splits a fucking sponge in half. Yeah. Well, as they're cleaning, a, a thing occurs. Indeed, a thing doesn't occur, Chris. And uh, there's, you know, there's like some, uh, some tension... Old uh, Cindy thinks she hears a thing. You don't get to see a thing. She thinks it's her boyfriend. Her boyfriend's in the other room. Boyfriend's like, what's what's up? Why are you freaking out? And uh, the nurse shows up. She's like, hey, yep. you're uh, you're on the list. So uh, you're yeah. going to kill people. So in order to yeah. stop that. I'm going to kill you before you kill. And he's like, wait, who the what now? Yeah. So she lunges at him with a knife. He renders her unconscious via head trauma. Mm-hmm. And then uh, she's taken away. Yep. And, and the, one of the cops takes her away is joking around with uh, future shady side police chief Nick Good about how one day he's going to be hurt his boss and he better treat him, you know, like make sure he treats him okay because he's a good guy. Yeah. Quite possibly it is the guy from the, the 94. I don't actually remember. I don't either. I imagine I, it is. I imagine it is too. Because if I was running this as a game, it would totally be that guy. Yeah. And uh so that's weird, right? Of course. So uh Yeah, actually she says that yeah, I saw your name on the stones. Yeah. Or something like that. Yeah, like something like just sounds nonsensical. So uh Cindy decides that she wants to be a uh, a detective and figure out what's really going on. Yep. They bust into the infirmary. They find the uh, the journal. Yep, and they find an unmarked bottle of pills. Yeah, because so, Cindy is operating under the like logic rules of there has to be a reasonable explanation that it isn't witches. Yeah, and she goes like fucking like like fucking after school specials like look at this unmarked bottle of pills. Obviously, she was on the drugs, and that's why she had the crazy episode, because the drugs make you crazy. Yeah, although at some point she does say drugs, not marijuana. Yeah. Which is, like, the squarest thing you could possibly say in the entire world. Is it, though? If you say marijuana... Differentiating, though, between the two is less square than than lumping, like... Like fucking weed in with like 
heroin. That's true. Or LSD or something. But there's just something about anybody who uses the the term marijuana that marijuana. just it. Uh, it's not like she was smoking marijuana cigarettes. I mean, yeah. <laughs> so she was both. She was like both square and not square at the same time. Yeah, it's it's like the equivalent of turning your chair around to have a rap session with people fifteen yeah. years younger than you. That's true. She did kind of go like Methodist pastor, youth pastor on them. Yeah. yeah. Hey guys, I know how it is to be young. Yeah. I also was a young man at one point. Let's have a rap session. <laughs> Here's why abstinence is the right answer. Yeah. 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 If you just ignore everything that every fiber of your being is telling you, you'll be fine. Ignore your biological urges as your hormones rage out of control. Yeah. Crank your hog, he says, just like in the Bible. <laughs> No, you're not supposed to, Chris, because masturbating is just as bad as fornicating. I went to a weird church camp. <laughs> I guess I should have known that when they said crank your hog. Yeah. <laughs> I spe- was there a was there a uh, RVC uh, video recorder anywhere? <laughs> I crank my hog for RVC. the Lord, he said to me. Uh, you have to. What was that line in? Uh, what was that? Primal fear. Is that the one with Edward Norton? Sure. Oh, yeah, with the, the the priest had to exercise his demons. Hmm. He was definitely cranking his hog. Uh, he was cranking someone's hog. Hogs were cranked. That's the important thing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, I can never remember which one is the Edward Norton one and which one is the Mark Wahlberg Reese Witherspoon one. About cranking like hogs? Primal, Primal Fear and Cape Fear? Is that the two movies? Cape Fear is Robert De Niro. Ah, uh, fuck. He's the bad guy. Okay. No, I don't know. There's too many fear movies. Back to Fear Street, 1978. Yeah. So, uh, They've now got the the witch guide. They have the the Grail Diary. Yeah, when uh, Joan Jett and boyfriend bust in in search of drugs, but not the so, cool the, marijuana kind, the bad not, kind. Yeah, not the marijuana drugs, the really fun drugs. Yeah, the super fun ones. Yeah, like oh hey, you got this unmarked pill bottle? I bet these are gonna be great. They look at him and like, oh, it says like L four eight four on them. Okay, like the, the guy's like, why does that sound familiar? It sounds familiar. I don't know why it's familiar. I think I feel like I should know what these drugs are. And she's like, I don't know. They're yellow. Maybe they're fucking this. And he's like, okay, fine. Let's take them. Yeah, he assumes they're Dex. Yeah, which I'm assuming dextromorphine, but I don't 100 percent know. Okay, because I was also thinking of. Um... Was it Dexedrin? What was that weight loss pill they used to sell over the counter? Dexatrim? Uh, Dexatrim. Was yeah. the commercial name for it, but. Yeah. I mean, that was just fucking like meth, right? Oh, well, it was it a was pseudo, fucking... pseudo <laughs> amphetamine, like mini yeah. thins. I don't know those. They're like trucker speed mm. from back in the, like, the 90s. Yeah, see, I just 
if I needed to stay awake, I just took no-dos when I was in high school in the 90s. Yeah, I don't. I don't. That was, that was just caffeine. Yeah, I don't recall doing speed. <laughs> Which doesn't mean that he didn't do it. Just that yeah. he doesn't recall doing it. <laughs> That's fair enough. I mean, <laughs> I mean, I didn't know it was speed. I didn't I intentionally was, do it. I thought it was a drug like marijuana. Yeah, a fun one. Please pass me that marijuana cigarette. I would like a jazz cigarette, please. One lid of marijuana, please. <laughs> and so they, they take that. Meanwhile, Tommy's acting kind of weird. Like, he keeps hearing a voice say his name, and he's like, what? Huh? What? Hmm? Yeah, but he just plays it off from the violent altercation earlier. Well, yeah, I mean, he did hit the back of his head kind of hard against the seat of one of those benches, those picnic table benches. Yeah. And meanwhile, Ziggy is having additional problems with the mean girls from earlier. Yep. They have torn up all her shit and graffitied her bunk with, like, uh, Ziggy is a witch. Ziggy sucks cocks in hell. Yeah, Sarah Fear is here. Yeah, just a bunch of dumb shit. Yeah. So she decides to carry them. Yeah, literally. Being that she's in summer camp. There's not a large amount of pig blood to be had, but Nick Good, future sh- sheriff of uh, Shadyside, shows up. It's like, what you doing? And she's like, I don't know. I just have this bucket of stuff. He's like, are you going to carry them? And she's like, you know about carry? And he's like, are you reading Stephen King? He's like, well, yeah. I mean, carry is good. I prefer Salem's Lot, which I do too, actually. Um, but. Because that was my first Stephen King novel ever. It's kind of like like Doctor Who. Like you, you always like your first Doctor the best. I feel like Stephen King's kind of the same way. You always like your first Stephen King novel the best. Yeah, that's why I have the weird attachment to Colin, whatever his name is. Colin Baker. Yeah. I guess technically he was my first Doctor, but like I, the first episode I watched was his last, so I don't really feel like that counts. Fair enough. And then, uh, yeah, and so anyway, he decides to help her get revenge on the shitty Sunnyvale ladies. Yeah, well, the, girls. The, the head one. Yeah, the shitty Sunnyvale girl. And so they do something in the bathroom. Yep. And they get her with with the, well, because now the, the game is actually active, the color yes. war. They're playing Capture the Flag in the middle of the fucking night because I guess there's no liability insurance in 1978. There's no liability litigation in 1978. Maybe they have an arbitration clause they all had to sign so they're not worried about it. Yeah. Oh, yeah, we signed the waiver for the Color Wars, don't you remember? Yeah, it says right here, if your kids die in the woods, fuck off. Yeah. Probably should have read that. Any injury due to color wars, the uh, the Camp Nightwing is not held liable. Obviously. Mm-hmm. So, uh, during the color wars, one of the participants for Sunnyvale slides a note to the mean girl. Yeah. From it, some guy. Oh, from the mayor. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, uh, Mayor Good, whatever the fuck his name is. It was Will or some shit. Yeah, Will Good, William Good. And he's like, come meet me in the bathroom. Because there's nothing sexier than a fucking outhouse. Yeah, I mean, we were all thinking it. Yeah. Although, I mean, like at that age, probably could have gotten a boner in an outhouse if I wanted, if I needed to. I mean, at that age, I probably wouldn't have even wanted it. It just would have happened. <laughs> I'd be like, no, not stop it. Yep. Why do you do that all the time? <laughs> There's literally nothing happening right now. Yep. Commercial for car insurance. I don't even understand what you're fucking priorities are right now <laughs> the general um check out that general's helmet so uh, the yeah, so she goes to the the outhouse there's like a trail of flowers scattered you know scattered on the way to the uh the bathroom yeah it's just it's a fucking like six latrines in one building yeah because that's gonna smell great Yes, real gross. Yeah. And she goes in and she's like, well, this is kind of weird, but like, whatever. I'll take what I can get at summer yep. camp. She's like, I'm so thirsty. I need a drink of the of William. Good. And uh, they get her with the old secret rendezvous turns into a bucket full of fucking Madagascar hissing cockroaches trick. <laughs> I mean, we've all been there. Who hasn't got a bunch of cockroaches dumped on them in an outhouse when they were going for an illicit fucking rendezvous in their teenage years? <laughs> I mean, I feel like it's a universal experience. I, the fact they even had to say it seems weird. Yeah, I know. But it's the movie, so you had to describe what happened. That's, that's, and, that uh, is the service we provide. Yeah. Yeah, and so she does not take kindly to that? No, like... Turns out she doesn't care for all that. Yeah, and then when uh, Nick Good and Ziggy come bursting out of one of the other stalls and starts laughing at her, she kind of goes Sonia the Red on Ziggy. Or Red Sonia, I'm sorry. No, they just bust out of there and like lock her in. Yeah, they, they do the fucking uh, freezer, like screwdriver through the door handle freezer trick. Yeah. So she just has to hang out with cockroaches and shit smells. Yeah, I mean, that was my Friday night, most high school days. Yeah. Teach their own. Yeah, well, it wasn't it wasn't voluntary. Fair enough. But that's for another time. So they're all like, haha, this is funny as shit. And they run off. Mm-hmm. And then we catch and up with uh, Team Indiana Jones. Yeah. And they're uh, they're going to follow the Grail Diary because there's a map in there. Yeah, and it the, shows like Union, which is the name of the town before it split into Shadyside and Sunnyvale. Yeah. And there are a bunch of uh, like landmarks that the nurse has written over on a map in the journal and they find the witch's house with a bunch of X's around it and they're like, well, let's go get high on random pills and check this shit out. 
I mean, yeah. Now that does I mean, that does sound like a Friday night for me. And- yeah, I was gonna say. <laughs> I was super square in high school, and I have a feeling you were not. <laughs> <laughs> there is a non-zero chance that I would have taken some random pills and a witch diary and just gone fucking whole hog on that shit when I was fucking sixteen. You would have cranked that whole hog, Chris. I would have done that before I left just to get out of my system. <laughs> uh, yeah, that was a crazier night than I would have had in high school. But looking back, I kind of wish I would have done it your way. It was rough on the hog, but I got through it. <laughs> oh, I mean, not that part. That part definitely did not. <laughs> Don't worry. Hogs were cranked. <laughs> I worked through an entire litter one day. <laughs> so many hogs. <laughs> so they uh they get out to the spot on the map and it turns out there's a bunch of graves dug. Yep. I, I never really explained what the fuck that that's about. Were there any names on the graves? I didn't look this time to see. No, they were just holes. Okay. Because again, I've seen all three of these movies. Chris is not before the watching it for the podcast. Just, you know, so again, to remind people of the state of play. Um, and, uh, and there's a fucking pair, like there's a fucking set of stone stairs going down into the ground. Yeah. Cause, uh, boyfriend of Joe jet finds, finds the house, like the witch's house. Yeah. And of course, Fucking Joan Jett and the boyfriend are like, yeah, let's fucking go down there. It's going to be fucking creepy and great. And Cindy's like, that sounds like a terrible idea. We should not do that. Because if either there's not a witch and there's no point, or there is a witch and she'll fucking murderly lure us. And they're like, but, that, but that's no fun. And we've just taken these pills. I don't feel very high yet. Maybe I need more pills, but let's have some more pills and then go down the stairs. Yeah, and Tommy's just, just kind of like, hmm, what? Wait, what was that noise? Uh, yeah, uh, he just kind of like, he's the one who acts the most high out of all four of them. Yeah, yeah, somebody should really be keeping an eye on him. Yeah, he's got a traumatic brain injury or something. So uh, they head down the stairs and find all sorts of occult trappings. Yes, there are. There is a witch's mark carved into the floor. With like lights burning in it, um, there is a bookshelf of books that are presumably occultish. Yeah. Uh, there is. There's a lit candle to you know say that somebody has been down here at least nominally recently. Yeah. But there's just the girls that go down. The guys kind of stay up in the like cellar area that's above the occult area, but below the. Well, there's like there's like a crawl space into the the more occult area of the occult room. Yeah, yeah. But then there's like the cellar where like someone's like keeping an axe and bug spray and shit like that. Yeah. So the girls go in and they're checking all this stuff out, and uh, Joe Jet sees the wall of names. And she's like, hey, man, check this wild shit out. It's all the people. What did the murders? Murderly erdlers like Billy Batson and Ruby Lane and 
The rest. The, the milk man killer guy. The kid what beat the guy with the bat. That's Billy Batson. It's on the nose. I don't care for it. Well, no, Billy Batson is the, actually the name of Shazam. I don't, but it's Billy something is the bat kid. But like, how can you not call the kid with a bat Billy Batson? <laughs> I'm a little disappointed we don't get weird plague mask drowned guy more. Yeah, he's my secret yeah. favorite. He was my dark horse. Yeah, yeah, he doesn't show up much, which is sad. Yeah, because that that mask was wild. <laughs> yeah, and like, who the fuck's drowned someone? It takes so fucking long. Yeah, you got to get them out in the water and then hold them there, and they're all thrashing and such. And then when they go limp, you have to leave them underwater for a while longer. Like, you can't just like let them back up because one, they could be playing dead, and two, if they get any more like oxygen back in their body, well, then they're they're still alive. Like, you gotta leave them underneath there for like a good like ten minutes after they stop thrashing. Yeah, it's like choking someone to death. Choking someone to death is like the fucking longest way to kill them with your own hands. Yeah, takes a real long time. Turns out. Yeah. Ugh, I mean, amateurs. Uh, Joan Jett erroneously calls them all serial killers. Correct. They are mass murderers. Or spree killers. Or spree killers, correct. They actually, yeah, spree killers, because it all happens real quick, quickly. So, and, well, I mean, Mindhunter hadn't aired yet in 1978. I, fair enough, I suppose. That's a weird Netflix crossover. Fear Street and Mindhunter. Mm. Yeah, I'd, I'd love to hear Ed Kemper's opinion on <laughs> Fear Street 1978. Fuck that actor is so good in that show. Like, honestly, listeners, if you've not watched Mindhunter on Netflix, watch Mindhunter and just enjoy the dude who plays Ed Kemper so much. Yeah, it's he's really unpleasant. He's unpleasant in the best fucking way. Yeah. He's also uh in Umbrella Academy. He plays one of the time hunter guys. Oh yeah, he's well, the, the the like the the main one. Yeah, ha- Hazel? Hazel? Yeah. What the what the fuck Hazel I think his name is? Cha-Cha and Hazel. Cha-Cha is yeah. fucking like not Angela Bassett, is it? Is it um, who's the lady from the Fugees? Lauren Hill? God. No, no, it's not Lauren Hill. It is definitely fucking, Lauren Hill, but yeah, it's not who's Cha Cha though. But it's fucking like it's not. It's not. It's. it's I swear. It would, never mind. Oh, Mary J. Blige. Yes, my wife has shouted from upstairs. <laughs> but anyway, he he plays Hazel. Fucking Cha Cha is amazing in Umbrella Academy as well, and it is not a standard actress. I'm. It might very well be Mary J. Blige. It's possible. Yes, if, it is. Who can IMD? I yeah. verified that before you did. Yes. So while well, my wife verified it before you did. Yeah. Ch- check and mate. <laughs> well. I guess she's taken over my slots. Yep. 
Well, when you when when we have to hire a new Chris, we'll hire my wife as the new Chris. <laughs> That's totally fair. <laughs> Uh, that's a callback to a to a picture on our Discord. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, the the name has been revealed just in time for uh, him to freak out. Mm-hmm. And he takes out. Yeah, uh, and it's not really a psycho Billy freak out. It's more of a lumberjack freak out. Yeah. And he takes out a uh, Joan Jett's boyfriend. With an axe to the face. It's a double-headed... What the fuck is the point of a double-headed axe? Because then you don't have to sharpen it as often. I was wondering if that's what it was. Because, I mean, you can only cut with one head at a time. Yeah, that way, if you're out in the field, you don't have to stop if you ding up your axe. I guess. I mean, Lord knows I've dinged up my axe in the field a whole lot. Well, yeah, I mean, you're out in the middle of Iowa. <laughs> Nothing's going on. Yeah, I guess I might as well just ding my axe while I'm here. <laughs> I mean, there is nothing but fields and axes what need dinged. <laughs> uh, yeah, and so uh, Joan Jett doesn't take, doesn't react real well to her boyfriend getting axed a question. Uh, yeah. But they they escape via convenient secondary hole behind bookshelf, right? Because fucking uh, Cindy Bergman's like, well, there's these books here, but what's really behind the books? Oh, it's a hole. Yeah. So they, so they climb through the hole. Yeah, cause a fucking cave in somehow. She kicks Tommy so hard in the face that the tunnel collapses. Yeah, just crazy. Yeah, I mean, like, she does not... Cindy Bergman does not skip leg day. Yeah, I mean, it's pretty impressive, because the girl's like a buck fucking 30 soaking wet. Yep. And somehow causes a goddamn tunnel collapse. Yeah, she kicks the guy so hard in the face that the tunnel collapses. And they get trapped on that side, but they can still hear him breathing on the other side. And they're like, he's still alive. Yeah. well, yeah, you just kicked him in the face. You didn't fucking like stab him in the eye socket or anything. And he uh, he runs off to presumably kill a bunch of people. Yes, to murderly murder them, if one were to uh, say it correctly, Chris. Never. Yep. And so they uh, they scamper through the cave to try to find an escape, while he goes off to kill. Yes. And he calls out now. I mean, we'll get to some of the kids. Did you notice who all he kills, Chris? Specifically? Yeah. Well, what they all have in common. Oh, he kills uh, mostly the blue ones. Only the blue. Well, he, the only time he hits a Sunny Veiler is when a Sunny Veiler puts themselves between him and a Shady Cider. Mm. I bet that makes more sense after I see the last one. I don't know if it does, but I definitely noticed it this episode, this time around. Yeah, I did notice that he seemed to prefer the the shady ciders. Right, because he kills he kills my spirit animal, who is uh, the kid who is keeping the Sunny Valers prisoner and offering them water or snacks 
and he's just like the nerdiest fucking kid with glasses. And I was like, oh, my, that would be fucking me at that age. Fuck me. <laughs> yeah. Well, he did kill my spirit animal, which is the guy who ate as many unmarked pills as he could get a hold of. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, who else does he kill? He kills. I uh, kills a bunch of random kids, but they're all off screen. And I'm like, come on, Netflix, grow a yeah. fucking pair. Like, kill a kid on screen. Yeah. Well, yeah. And he kills. And so while he's wandering around camp killing people, uh, the counselors figure out what's up and they ring the bell at Camp Bell, telling everyone to gather in the mess hall. And. Well, well, we skipped over the fact that before that, the the soon to be sheriff and Ziggy. Have yeah. their romantic rendezvous. Oh yeah, because she, because basically, she calls herself like the weird girl, weird girl from Sunnyside, and he's like, you know, and I, I would like the real weird girl from Sunnyside if I wasn't a counselor and she was a camp participant. So you know, there's that. Yeah, it's it's basically they're 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 sweet for each other. Yeah, they have a thing for each other. And he even says, like, he would kiss the weird girl from Sunnyside, and then they they kiss. Yeah, it's the thing. It happens. Whatever. Unimportant. Which, they- which I don't know, like, I don't know. How old is the dude who plays, Mc- who plays young Nick? Because, like, Sadie Sink is, like, she's the, she's the redhead from Stranger Things, the one that shows up, like, the third season. Um, I have a feeling, like, like the actors, there's like fucking like 10 years age difference between those two actors or something, which is fucking creepy. Hollywood, stop doing that. Yeah. 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 Um, but they get, they get broken up for the emergency. Right. And because Nick goes into full like camp counselor, I'm going to save the kids mode. And she goes into the. Well, I kind of like him, so I guess I'll help him mode. Yeah. So they all try to get all the kids to the mess hall. A bunch of them are missing, so uh, eventually Sheriff and sidekick Gary. Oh, fucking Gary. Don't know why I remember Gary is named Gary, but I do. Fucking. Okay. So the reason Gary triggers me is because of uh, Legends of Tomorrow. Because there's a character on there named Gary who is both the best and the worst. And like fucking Gary is the only way to describe him. Um, but so, yeah, listeners, watch Legends of Tomorrow. It's actually way better than it should ever possibly be. But fucking Gary. <laughs> and uh, Gary and the sheriff, or soon to be sheriff, tell the kids to stay there. They're going to split up, find the rest of the kids. Everybody's going to meet back at the mess hall, yeah. and they're going to get out of this thing. Yeah, Gary's going to start it at uh, Bunkhouse 1, and Sheriff's going to start at Bunkhouse 9, and they'll meet in the middle. Yeah. Uh, after they leave, Ziggy remembers that they've locked Mean Girl in the fucking outhouse. Yep. And then they cut back now to the underground tunnels. Yeah, where they're using the fucking grail diary to find their way out and by out i mean right. further in right because so, so they that they realize is 
Okay, so we find out that the reason that fucking Joan Jett doesn't like Cindy Bergman is because Cindy used to kind of be a wild child and then decided that she was going to get out of Shadyside. And so she like went all straight and narrow, like she went straight edge and uh, kind of like stopped talking to Joan Jett, even though they were like were besties before. And then they real and then so Cindy's like, fuck it, I'm just gonna walk out of here. And so she starts walking and then it's like, don't follow me. And then she's walking and then her then, then like Joan Jett comes out from behind her, he's like, Boo! She's like, I told you not to follow me. It's like you walked in a fucking circle, you idiot. Like, do you not and and then they and then for some reason she looks at the Grail diary and realizes that the exits in the room match the pattern in the Grail diary of the witch's mark because Sarah Fear left her mark upon the land. And by left her mark upon the land, she means like, I don't know, created a bunch of fucking underground tunnels in the shape of a witch's mark. Do you know, like witches do. <laughs> yeah. And she's like, I don't know if they were here before or not, but and they just like adapted the pattern to match the witch's mark or if the witch's mark formed the pattern. I don't fucking care. I just want to get out of here. So let's follow this as a map instead of as a mark of evil. And... They follow it for a while and come across like a. Is this when they find like the the pulsating brain heart? Yeah, that's where they find the fucking eldritch abomination in the middle of it. Yeah, like it fucking looks like a giant brain, but it pulses like a heart, and it's and like it makes a fly buzzing noise every time it pulses. It's and there's a fly, and actually, I don't know if you caught it in the first movie but every time someone was going to turn into a killer like the, a, a fly landed on their cheek or something no I did not okay okay yeah that totally happens in the first movie I didn't catch it with Tommy on this one but you know who the fuck cares um, and then so they, they decide they don't want to hang out in that room too much well, and, and well, it's because Joan Jett makes the brilliant fucking decision to touch the pulsating goop pile. Yeah, and she sees like the the fucking like uh, ring tape of Seraphir that we've seen the like at least twice in the first movie. Yeah, uh, and then they decide, well, maybe we don't stay in this room anymore. Oh, and then like she see every time she sees Cindy, she sees like a dead old timey person. Yeah, and she runs off, and then she sees multiple dead old-timey people. Including, like, like two black girls dressed up like pilgrims, which, while not historically accurate, was kind of cool. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then, like, she, they finally, she finally, like, stops in this one place. Well, she, she, she freaks out and runs and sees all the dead people and then fucks her ankle up. Oh yeah, she twists her ankle. Well, she gets like a compound fracture. Fuck yeah! Like, and I've broken my ankle before by just stepping down six inches. Um, real story. Uh, so, like, I guess I, but I did not come anywhere near a compound fucking fracture of both my like tibia and or fibia and tibula. Yeah, it's pretty gnarly. Tibia and fibula, tibia and fibula. That's the the two bones. Uh, so she, uh, Joan Jett apparently did not ever drink a glass of milk once in her life. 
Yeah, she had early onset osteoporosis. Yeah. And uh, and then Cindy Bergman finds her and she's like, you know, there's all this red fucking moss here. You know where I've seen red moss before is the toilets. The toilet. And then she looks up and there's like the fucking wooden slats of the fucking latrine above her. So she starts shouting. Yeah. And we cut back to Ziggy letting fucking uh the one the mean girl mean girl yeah i was trying to think of what oh rachel mcadams that's her name rachel mcadams out of the fucking latrine and uh gary well and she starts beating on ziggy and then gary shows up and is like what the fuck is going on here there is a killer out there get the fuck out of here and so rachel mcadams is like well fine and fucks off and then well, Rachel Ziggy, McAdams gets knocked out. Oh, yeah, she's knocked the fuck out. Yeah, Ziggy fucking knocks her the fuck out. Yeah. And uh, and then she hears something and goes over to the stall, opens up the opens up the uh, the lid to the toilet, and there's her sister down, like, fucking 100 feet. And they start shouting to each other, and Gary's like, What's going on in there? We got to get out of here. She's like, my, the best fucking line out of all three movies is my sister's in the toilet. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I was like, I mean, when they, the first time, I don't know how you reacted to that line, but I fucking lost it. The first time I heard that line, <laughs> I was honestly entirely too confused about the logistics of how they made this outhouse and didn't realize they had dug into a subterranean cavern of some sort, <laughs> but just fucking, my sister shut up gary my sister's in the toilet it's a fair point it just fucking slays me every time i think about it um so she has a conversation with her sister and then decides they're gonna throw down a bucket with a rope tied to it and somehow lift both her and the girl with the broken leg out of the cave system via the hole, the toilet hole in the latrine. Yeah, not worrying about how they're going to fit through that thing once they get them up there. Or how you fucking lift a 140-pound person with just a fucking rope and bucket and, and like, a 18-year-old guy and, like, a 16-year-old girl. Yeah, it's not like Gary's fucking jacked or anything. No. But somehow they managed to get uh, Joan Jett most of the way up before. Old Tommy shows up. Yep. And uh, decides to separate Gary from his head. Yeah, well, I mean, he wasn't using it anyway. And somehow Gary's entire corpse fits through the toilet hole? He has small shoulders. I guess. Yeah. I mean, he was not... He was not built like a, an Iowa farmhand. He was built like, I don't know, like an Ohio scrawny kid. Yeah, I should have workshopped that a little better, but. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh. Stereotypes are in Ohio, so. Uh, so, Ohio, we're boring. <laughs> uh, at least in Iowa, we have lots of corn. Yeah, in Ohio, we just are, I don't know, Ohio, nothing. 
insert, make cars. Insert your favorite flyover state joke here. Yeah. Uh, you know, Iowa, where they grow the fucking potatoes. No. 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 You don't know how many times I've... Do you know how many fucking times I've been asked when I said, oh, I'm from Iowa, like, oh, where the potatoes come from? And I'm just like, fuck. I would just say yes. <laughs> yes, you fucking idiot. Yes, the Iowa, Iowa potatoes. Yes. God damn it. Corn comes from Idaho. Yep. <laughs> so, uh, so Joe Jet is now in in the bottom again, covered by a corpse. Yep. Uh, yeah, Ziggy's ran the fuck off. Well, yeah, because there's a fucking like axe merged lure in the latrine with her. True. Uh. Oh, and Gary was a shady cider, by the way. Cindy is now going to follow the cave system out because the the like the poem or whatever about the witch says that she like, came out at the fucking place. Well, she came out like in the meeting hall. Yeah, which like, is now the mess hall. Yeah. And meanwhile, Tommy is also Mergidly Erdlerd the the shady siders who have been kept in like fucking capture the flag prison. Yeah, he off screen killed like another three or four kids. Yep. Uh, he chases. Well, he he he's also killed like the hippie counselor who is banging Stifler. Yeah. Yeah, the hippie counselor was. Also the hottest one, which makes sense. Yeah. And uh, she showed a boob for like a second through a window, and then they promptly strapped a shirt to her for the rest of the time. Yeah. But honestly, I was surprised we even got that much nudity out of these, these movies. I was expecting like full PG-13, but this one went R. For like Not a hard second. R. No. I mean, it went, it went soft. It went, you know, it, it was like a semi-chub R, but... Yeah, they certainly weren't rolling it, that's for sure. No. It was not an R. And uh, at some point, Future Sheriff meets up with Ziggy. In the nature building again. Yeah, and they they have it out with... Uh, Tommy. Tommy. And he, Tommy goes for Ziggy, and Nick gets in the way and takes an axe to the leg. Yeah, which just... Which... Did he have a limp in the first movie? I don't recall. I don't recall him having one either, but I don't... I did, wasn't paying attention. And I really don't need to watch this movie, that movie a fourth time, I don't think. No, that's that's totally fair. Yeah. And uh, so Ziggy runs out of there and heads to the best hall... Which conveniently where is where her sister is. Yep. Because the the cave system empties out into a weird grate in the kitchen of the mess hall because architecture. Yeah, it's, it's where because basically what this camp did was oh there's a hole in the ground, we'll make that like either like the where you fucking dump the grease from the kitchen or where you shit or wherever like they're just like. I don't know. I don't know where the holes fucking go. I don't care. I'm just going to dump shit down them. 
Because it's the 70s. Yeah, it's the 70s. You got something you need to get rid of? Dig a fucking hole. Yeah, like just dump it down a hole in the ground. What's the worst that can happen? Holes are nature's disposal area. <laughs> yeah. It's the holes problem now, they'll all say. Mm-hmm. And uh, Ziggy tries to uh, tries to hide. Tommy is skulking around looking for her. Yeah, she hides in the kitchen, of course. Yeah. Uh, this is where he receives his burlap sack. Yeah, because she tries to strangle him with the burlap sack over the head. Meanwhile, her sister kicks the grate from out from underneath. Kicks out the grate from underneath. And they both... And Tommy just can't... Well, he will not be stopped. He can't be stopped. He can't stop. He won't stop. He is a bad boy for life. And uh, just when things are looking bad for old Ziggy, Sis uh, comes to the rescue with multiple stab wounds. Yeah, stabs like... Fucking stabs her boyfriend in the back multiple times to save her sister. Yeah. That's a good sister. That's true. And uh, good old Joe Jet shows up because she managed to find the hand because the Grail Diary says like uh, something about hand, something about land. The gist of it is you put the hand back with the corpse and then it's all good, baby. Yeah. And that the hand can be the hand was like wherever there was a whole bunch of moss. Yeah, because I don't know, witches or something. Yeah. Anyway, what was the problem with the hand, Chris? Uh, It was still intact after hundreds of years. Like, they just picked it up and, like, threw it around and hacky-sacked it and shit, and burying digits were flying off of it. And and my answer to that was... Magic. Yeah. Literally, like, witches and shit. Yeah, witches, magic. Like, why the fuck would it decay? Like, she has... She cough her hand to keep her evil grip upon the land. Like, come on, Chris. Yeah, that's fair. I I acquiesce to your position. <laughs> you know, this this is what happens behind the scenes. It's true. I, we, I, we I convince Chris he's wrong. And it works sometimes. Sometimes. Not often. But no. sometimes. But sometimes. Yes. So they're all like, well, we got the hand. We just got to go to the, the rest of the body. We put them together. Bada boom, bada bing. Bob's your uncle. Fucking shit yeah. solved. And where would her body be? But underneath the tree in which she was hanged? Yeah, it seems like a place you would leave a corpse for hundreds of years, I guess. I don't fucking know. I don't know. Like, I feel like if you hang someone, you don't just like cut them down into a hole and just throw dirt over it. Right? Yeah, I mean, yeah, you're probably not wrong. Especially if that someone was a witch. I assume there's some sort of, like, fucking protocol. Yeah, I mean, you certainly don't bury them in the cemetery. Yeah, I don't know. You, like, what do you do? Huck them in the fucking lake, I guess? I don't fucking know. I mean, they're a witch, though. No, because they're a witch, they'll float. That's true. Yeah. I learned that from Monty Python. (laughs) Fair enough. So they head to the hanging tree, but uh, the blob, the blob, the amorphous blob in the cave system is mad. 
and has and it starts spitting out killers. Yeah, and also reanimating existing killers. Yes, like Tommy. And uh, Tommy takes out Joan Jet after she gives the like "I'm gonna die in a second speech. Yeah, and cuts it cuts her head off, right? Or does he just axe her to the back of the head? He just axes her. Okay. And uh, the sisters run off to go find the thing, the corpse. But all they find is a rock that's like your corpse is in another fucking hanging tree. Yeah, like yeah, sorry Mario, but your princess is another castle. And they're like, um, fuck, um, this was kind of the whole plan, um, um, and then like Billy Batson is chasing them and uh, Ruby Lane. Yeah, and some other dude. I assume the milkman guy. Yeah, milkman guy. Which something's up with his face, but we're not gonna find that out ever, I guess. No, it's very plasticky. Like he looks like he, like was like a mannequin they put a milkman outfit on. Yeah, and I'm like, man, I'm so much more interested in what's going on with Murder Kid and fucking Meltface here than I am about this witch shit right now. Murdered the Erdler Kid, Chris. Fair enough. (laughs) And uh. Cindy's like, ah, they're after you because you bled on the hand. So here's my plan. Um, run. And I'll take them on. With a shovel. Yes. And she tries. She don't do great, but she tries. She decapitates someone with the shovel, doesn't she? Oh, she did it earlier, but this time around, right. Tommy's full of supernatural powers, so it doesn't work so good. Yeah, that's true. And uh, they both get taken out. Yep. Yeah, Tommy like goes full stabby, stabby on... Well, Axie, Axie. Or Axie, Axie on Cindy. And I think Milkman stabby, stabby on Ziggy. Yeah. And then Nick shows up. Yeah, because after they're both dead, they just, I don't know, fucking go back to the ether. Yeah, they they all fuck the fuck off. Yeah, and Nick shows up and he's all like, CPR should help your 36 stab wounds to the fucking abdomen, I guess. Yep. And it does. Yeah, because movies. Yep. And then we get like voiceover from present day Cindy, who turns out spoilers was Ziggy, I guess. I don't. Yes. I love how you didn't catch you didn't fall for that in any way. No, I did not not for a second did I even remotely think that wasn't her immediately. <laughs> and then uh but then like they're like, but we know where we know where Sarah Fear's body is because we tried to lay it lay it to rest in the last movie. Yeah, and she's all like, Bullshit, bullshit, you lying ass kids. Yeah. And they're like, no, really, we do. <laughs> and so they, uh, good thing she had the hand on standby. No, the hand is at the mall because that yeah, was because, irritating. Yeah, because so it turns out they're like, well, where's the hand now? They're like, well, it's still under the tree. And they're like, well, where the fuck is the tree? And they cut to the fucking tree in the middle of the fucking shady side mall. They just built a mall around a tree instead of, I don't know, 
building a mall and moving a tree to the mall. There's like, well, this tree is here and the land's probably pretty cheap because I don't know, a bunch of fucking kids were murderedly erdlered here. So well, you can pay the land up cheap. We'll just build the mall here. And I don't know, there's this tree. So let's just leave it. Could you just imagine being the goddamn project manager for that? It's the, the city's like, yeah, the tree has to stay there. He's like, oh, just uh, you want the tree in the same spot? We'll move it, and then we'll grade the land. You know, we got to bury pipes, and there's like zoning rules, and but no, the tree has to stay there the entire time, complete with yeah. the land around it. And he's like, no, but that, like I've built malls a lot, and that's not how any of this works, like. That that's no no the tree stays there. Build the entire mall around this tree. Do not disturb any of the land in a six foot radius around the tree. No matter what you do, it will be plot relevant later. Yeah. <laughs> and so they they go to dig up Seraphir's body to yeah. bring to the mall to reunite with the hand. Well, they take the hand from the mall and go back to the crash okay. site. Oh, okay, I got it backwards. Okay, yeah. So they go to the mall, dig up the hand, which is still there and looks perfectly not, perfectly new. Magic. It's fine. Magic. Yep. And they take it, then they go back to where they crashed the car in the first movie. And when they're in the process of reattaching the hand, Dina has like the grandmother of all flashbacks. Yeah, and then things go all fucking meta. They go all Vavici. Yeah, and then it's and, 1666 times. Yeah, and she, and she sees herself, a reflection of herself as Sarah Fear, but then it like stutter cuts into her face. Yeah. It, it like flips back and forth between the two until finally landing on her place, and then someone calls her Sarah Fear. And like her brother's there, and yeah. various people from the camp, and et cetera, and so forth. Yes. And it's basically just the like uh, trailer for the next movie. Yep. And there is a scene that we skipped over, but I'm not going to say which it is because it will reveal too much about what happens in the third movie. Fine. I if if you remember Chris, remind me to bring it up next movie. If I remember, I will bring it up next movie. I'll try. Yep. So th- what do you have to say about what's left in this movie? I mean, there's not really anything left. It's a trailer for the next one. Okay, so and, and that's the and so that's Fear Street two part two, nineteen seventy eight. Yep, yep. All right, thank you. So, and what am I going to say next, Chris? What? And what did you think of the movie? Oh, that part. Jesus Christ! I have to do your part and my part now. Love yeah. Thank God somebody's doing my part finally. God damn it. Is this how you feel with Brett? Yeah, except angrier. Hotlanta. I keep dead podcast naming him. You're not mad enough, but yeah, you get the gist of it. (laughs) Imagine that feeling you have right now, but multiply it for like 20-something years. (laughs) And then you're getting there. All righty. So, Chris, what did you think of this movie? Uh, It's pretty good. I think I like it better than the first one. Just because this is more my my bag, like a 70s era slasher is more my my forte, it's my wheelhouse if you will. Your head. Yeah. 
Uh, it's it's interesting that they're using the first movie as a wraparound, which I kind of figured they were from the first one, the way it it showed how the second one was going to be. And to kind of tie it all together, which I like because not everybody is going to be either watching this when they released a week apart from each other and waiting to see the next one or watching them in a row. Like it, it's kind of, it's a good way to build in uh, previously on into the, the movie that makes sense. Yeah. And I mean, spoilers, like they, they don't show it in the trailer for the third movie, but that also continues the wraparound continues into the third movie. Yeah, well, and I and just based on the way this one ends, I assume the third one, the third one appears to be meta in a way. Well, they, yeah, I mean, they definitely are trying to put Seraphir to rest. Yeah, I mean, I think that's a given based on how the second one ends. I, uh, I will say that I think this the the movies, like the the underlying Sarah Fear thing is interesting, but also to me it's the least interesting part of the lore. Seems to be what they're focused on. What's the what's the most interesting part of the lore for you? Well, the other murderers, Murdelier lures. Yeah, like uh, to me, what's interesting would be seeing like how the the witches manifested. That seems more interesting to me, but that's also because like the the witch shit just isn't really my bag. I'm way more interested in watching a kid bludgeon a man to death with a baseball bat. While wearing a weird mask. Yeah, that's a, that's a little more my speed, which I, <laughs> says more about me than the movie, I guess. But uh, but it's it's surprisingly competent. It's I mean the basically the same stuff I would said about the first one still applies here. The acting is totally fine. Like the actors are all pretty good. Probably better overall in the second one than the first one acting wise. Uh, the 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 soundtrack is real good. Yep, Chris got his uh his original version of Sweet Jane. Which I did he enjoyed. There was there was uh some buzzcocks in here, which was fun. And they did a fun thing, and like in 1994, they played Nirvana's version of "Man Who Sold the World," and then in the 1978 version, they played the uh, David Bowie version, which was a fun little trick. Yeah, I I mean it's it is strangely selective on violence. Sometimes it's totally fine. I think it's just because they're being babies and not wanting to murder a bunch of kids on screen. I mean, murder the Erdler a bunch of kids on screen. Which I guess I can understand, seeing as how it's Netflix and all. They don't want to have explicitly a dude hacking up a. 15 year old with an axe I guess if that's I don't know seems kind of weird but I don't know we teach fucking 15 year olds how to deal with someone trying to shoot them you think we could hand you could handle like someone trying to axe one of them to death yeah and I really that's that was my biggest hang up oddly enough was just like the fact they would cut every time that was going to happen they cut away which strangely distracting to me like this movie would have been PG thirteen if it weren't for like that one camp counselor's boob. 
Yeah, there is a there is a butt and a boob, and like they said shit like three times. They didn't even drop their one like f bomb they could have got away with. Well, although Cindy, although they did comment every time that Cindy Bergman cursed, someone was like, "Ooh, Cindy Bergman cursed," and she's like. Yeah, I fucking curse sometimes. What the fuck is wrong with you? Like, why the fuck wouldn't someone assume that I fucking curse whenever the fuck I want to? Only she doesn't say it like that. She's just confused why people are surprised that she cursed. Yeah. I mean, overall, I'd say it's probably better than the first one. It, it feels like they, they nailed the tone they were going for a little better in this one than the first one because the like a tone of a 90s horror movie is there isn't one so that's a hard thing to replicate it's kind of a shitty tone even if you do hit it yeah this one felt a little more fun I guess like you could tell that the people who made this knew enough about the source material that they were trying to, to do it right and they didn't like use CGI blood. Yeah, everything Which, appears to be mostly practical. Yeah. Again, like, and I don't know if they actually managed to do it, but it definitely felt like they tried to replicate the special effects from the time, like they did in the first movie, and the same with this movie. Like, you don't see a lot of CGI blood spray. Like, there's no like After Effects blood spray or After Effects fire or anything like that. Yeah, I mean, it's it's a good follow-up. A lot like the first one, I think probably the weaker points are that, like, there's no way to watch this independently of the first one. Like, yeah. they, uh, these rely on watching them all from the beginning in a way that, like, uh, like a Friday the 13th or Nightmare on Elm Street or Halloween. You could watch Halloween the fucking four and not have seen any of the previous ones and still be fine because it doesn't fucking matter. Although Halloween 2 might be a little confusing. Yeah, but even that, you're just like, oh, okay, something happened to her and she's in the hospital. Like, Well, I mean, Halloween 2 literally starts like the moment after Halloween 1 ends. True. Yeah. But no, I say, I'd say it's worth it. It's worth giving it a go. A little long. But it didn't feel as long as the other one, even though it, the first one, even though it's longer than the first one, but not by much. Is, is it longer? Jesus Christ. Like, in my head, that first one is two hours and 15 minutes long. This is like uh, this, an, this hour is an hour and 50. 50. Yeah. It's, it's a, like it's an hour and 49, technically. It's a little bit longer, not much. But, like, in my head, that first one is like an hour, is like 135 minutes long. This one is 129 minutes long, but it is not the case. That that first one feels so fucking long to me. Yeah, this one doesn't feel nearly as long, but I say it's worth it. And I'm I'm at least interested to see how it wraps up. Well, because you get the Vavitch next up next movie, obviously. <laughs> yeah. What do you say, Troy? Uh this I like this movie. I so. When when this came out, I watched the first one the the week it came out. I watched the second one the day it came out, and I was really into it. Like this is this is a competent slasher, which is 
apparently hard to do because there's a whole lot of incompetent slashers out there. Um, yeah, it, it kind of shies away from the gore when it comes to the kids, but you know, again, they probably don't want to be like killing 14 year olds on screen on Netflix. Um, it, it continues the lore in a way that's interesting. There's some callbacks, like I said, like nurse lane being the lady that they give the kids to in the first movie, nurse lane being the mother to Ruby lane who tries to kill the kind of gay coded character in the first movie, which I didn't really get into last episode, but like the drama kid in the first episode is kind of coded gay, except for he's tries to bang Ruby lane, which is, odd but this movie is kind of the this series is kind of schizophrenic about that kind of thing like they'll go full lesbo but like there's no gay dudes um which is weird but yeah overall this movie is real good uh the people who have sex get punished um there is the bait and switch on c bergman which chris didn't notice but i thought paid off real well when i watched it because like you see C. Bergman and Cindy Bergman. And you're like, oh shit, Cindy lives. Okay, well, it makes sense because she seems kind of like she's very regimented with these clocks. So that kind of makes sense with Cindy Bergman. Um, but then, yeah, it's Ziggy who lives. Um, you get to see the sheriff before he was the sheriff. You get to see the mayor of Sunnyvale before he was the mayor. He's not a real nice guy. Like, he definitely is all about the. Uh, the the mean girl Rachel McAdams and doesn't really give a shit about Sunnysiders at all. Uh like I said I caught this time that like uh Tommy only goes after Shady Siders, does not go after any Sunny Valers, which is also the case in the first movie because they go after Sam, but Sam was born in Shady Side. She just moved to Sunnyvale. Uh, and all the people who get killed in the first movie are shady siders. So, uh, I think that's a nice little thread. Obviously doesn't carry through into the third movie because there's no shady side in Sunnyvale and union, which is what the area is known as before, uh, Sarah fear becomes a witch. Uh, so, I don't know. I'm going to ramble. I'd rambled on about this movie enough. I liked it. I think it's probably the best of the three, but I feel like it makes the first movie better because you get just a little more context around everything. And it continues and it, and it continues on from the first movie, which is nice. Like Sam being still being like the mindless killer chick that they stuck in the trunk. And Cindy's like, or Ziggy, See Bergman's like, get that fucking thing out of here. And she's like, that's my girlfriend. She's like, that's not your girlfriend anymore. Like, some of that kind of stuff just just takes the first movie and just tweaks it a little bit, makes it better. But uh, we already know what we're watching next week, which is the last Year one, Street Part Three, sixteen sixty six. I don't know why they chose that date, but we'll watch it anyway. We'll figure it out. Yeah. So what if people want to tell us why they named it that? How would they do that? Well, they probably say, I thought Chris is because 666 is the number of the devil. 
Oh, would they have? Did they have to do it like that, or? Well, to mock you, yes. Okay, that's fair. I mean, they're going to mock you because obviously. But if they want to tell us other things, they could email us at slaughterprincesspodcast at gmail.com or uh, tweet us at slaughterprince, which is slaughter princess with no vowels and princess. They could message us on Facebook where we are slaughterhouse princess. I almost said Nascaya Bees because that is my uh, bee Facebook page. And I was selling honey this weekend. So I kept thinking the Nascaya Bees. Or they could go to our subreddit where r slash shp podcast. Uh, they could uh, talk to us on our Discord where discord.slurrushprincess.com. If they wanted to listen to us in any other way than they currently do so, they could go to their podcast aggregator or bark at their Alexis if you listen to Hotlanta too much. Uh, or you could tell your Google Home, hey, Google, play Slurrush Princess podcast, probably. I don't know. I don't know how Google Home works. I don't have one. I use an Echo because I am a slave to Jeff Bezos's balls. And if they want to give us money, they could go to patreon.sargeprincess.com or store.sargeprincess.com. So come back next time for the final entry in the Fear Street series. And while our podcast think about movies, we'll drink about movies. Bye. I have a problem where in the wild now, if I hear someone say murder, I want to correct them to murder Lear. <laughs>